So I had a lot of content planned and I did not expect any of this to happen. This is going to be an interesting episode, compilation of a bunch of different things because a bunch of stuff happened. We have to talk about it. Hey everybody, my name's AJ. This is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we continue, please make sure to destroy the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Comment down below if you have any questions. Please subscribe so you don't miss any good content. If you're new here, our entire goal is to try and educate as many people as we can on personal finance to help people become wealthy the correct way, the consistent way, the proven way, steer people away from the misinformation and lies being told about how to become wealthy and get rich quick streams, etc. I had some content planned for today. It was all written out, looks all nice and neat. I've got photos and videos and stuff to show you, but then the stock market had to go crazy. All right, Jeff, look at the S&P and tell me where it ends. Well, yeah, I wish it were that easy. When something big like this happens, we can't skip it. So what happened? Well, depending on which news source you read, you might read that inflation has actually improved. We're seeing an improvement in inflation as it takes a slight decline back down to what we hope it should be. So the Federal Reserve really wants inflation to be at 2%. Right now it's at 8.3, but last month it was at 8.4. So we took a little bit of a downturn. Then why is the stock market freaking out? And why are there a whole bunch of people who are unsure about what's going on? So last month I did an episode talking about the Federal Reserve and their plan to curb inflation. At the end of the day, as inflation continues to rise, we're creating larger and new groups of more and more poor people as things become impossible to afford. We can see that in the market right now as people kind of walk away from discretionary spending and are spending things more on required needs like food, gas, housing, etc. Because of that, we're hitting some major uh, flaws in the stock market for things that aren't those needs. It's becoming harder and harder to survive without either help from the government or just making it more and more difficult for people who are already living paycheck to paycheck. So the Federal Reserve came out and said, look, we got to do something about this. At some point, this is going to be unsustainable. Too many poor people are going to get created if we keep allowing, allowing inflation to continue unchecked. So we've got to get more aggressive. So they laid out a plan for what they suspect the inflation should kind of round down to to get down to that 2%. And that was sometime in the late 2023, they were eventually going to get down to 2% and they were going to raise interest rates a little bit at a time until we got there. Well, what happened was we had a projected uh, CPI. So the CPI is the consumer price index where they kind of decide how much stuff is getting more expensive, less expensive, etc. And the CPI, despite the fact that gas has been dropping in, in price, not a lot, but it's still been dropping in price. The CPI is still not as low as what the Federal Reserve projected it to be. And our good friend Jerome Powell has already said that he's going to be more aggressive towards inflation. And he's going to be even more aggressive now that inflation is not dropping to what was expected. This is causing a lot of people to get unsure about the length of time it's going to take to get inflation under control, as well as what these interest rates might end up actually looking like. Both of these two unknowns is making everyone nervous about the market. And so a bunch of people are pulling out of the stock market and putting their money into more long-term investments like bonds. So if you imagine the stock market like a graph, like we mostly do, and the graph is going up and then it goes down and then it goes up and then it goes down. Over a long period of time, you're going to see kind of 
you know, ebbs and flows, some bear markets and some bull markets. What the hedge fund managers, the major money players are trying to accomplish is they want to be in the stock market when it's on the way up and they want to be in bonds or something that's going to have a steady return when it's on the way down. They are going to play the game as best they can. So at the end of the year, they can say, hey, look, the stock market went down 10%. My portfolio went up 2% because I moved everything over to bonds. And then when the stock market flips, I'll take everything out of bonds and I'll put it into the stock market and I'll take those gains. So because a lot of major players are beginning to do this, we're seeing some more major hits in the stock market and that's scaring even more investors and the people who have what's called paper hands, people who are scared of what the market is gonna do, are pulling their money out as fast as they can and just taking their losses. Well, that's unfortunate. It's not great, I'm not gonna lie to you. The bear market is definitely going on longer than I think most people expect it to and it doesn't look like we've really hit the bottom of this recession. It's weird that so many jobs are being created during a time where people are moving their money from discretionary into needs. Where are all these jobs being created and where's the money coming from to create these jobs unless there's some kind of bubble here that really isn't supported. It's my prediction, just a prediction, that what we're going to see is we're gonna see the bubble pop at some point here and we're gonna see layoffs take place and we're gonna see some contraction in the market before eventually inflation gets under control and people start getting confident again and it starts expanding. I originally said that I suspected that to occur probably late 2023, maybe even longer than that at this point based off of what the market's doing. In the Inflationary Reduction Act, printed more money and put it into the economy and then claimed that that was going to help inflation and if we keep sort of doing these processes where we're kicking the can down the road to avoid this recession, I'm not sure that it's going to be successful. And not only that, I think that what we're going to do is end up hitting a hard wall. What Jerome Powell is trying to accomplish is he understands that we're on either side of a bad scenario. We're walking a very tight, tight rope. And on one side, we have uncontrolled inflation and creating new groups of poor people and then the economy crashes because we don't have consumers. On the other side, if we constrict the flow of money by raising interest rates, we're going to kind of suffocate the producers and then we're gonna fall off that end of the economy as the producers no longer have the cash to continue what they're trying to do. So Jerome Powell's hoping that by doing this easy and easing us into it, that maybe we can kind of hit a recession at some point that won't be as bad as if we hit the wall or in one of the previous videos that I presented was that he understands there's gonna be pain and he just hopes to kind of ease us into that as best he can. So what does this mean for us? So there's a couple of things I think we need to pay attention to and there's a couple of things that we need to do to make sure that we stay safe. And then I wanna answer a question by one of my commenters and kind of explain why it is I stay away from single stocks. See, I told you this was gonna be a weird episode, but I think I can tie it all together. I'll see what happens. The average in a recession timeframe is 17 months. Let's say that our 17 months is starting now because yeah, we were technically in a recession, but it was kind of a weird inflated recession. So let's say the 17 months is starting now and we're hitting our recession. That would mean that we probably bounce back somewhere middle 2024, if not later than that. And that's considered average. The reason I wanna highlight that is I understand that right now is a scary time. People look at the market and they think, 
look, I can't get anything out of this. I put money in and it's gone. You're seeing people rip their money out and accepting their losses. And everyone's a little unsure about what's going to happen when we come out on the other side of this thing. So that's why I want to highlight the time frame for how long a recession actually takes place. We're going to bounce back. It's going to happen. We have a strong world-used currency. We have a lot of international businesses that aren't just dependent on the United States. And we have a lot of things going on in the world right now that aren't permanent. Things like supply chain restrictions, World War III, because not World War III, but kind of, and also struggles with some of our major suppliers like China and Taiwan um, when it comes to the chips. That's not going to be forever. These things will eventually run out. Will it be 17 months? I mean, maybe not. It could be longer. The average is 17 months. It could also be shorter. But I think the key thing to understand and to know is that we are going to make it out of this at some point. The, I continue to advocate, and look, it's not easy for me either. When I'm putting money in and I'm watching it go down, that's depressing. There was a day where I posted on Twitter how much I gained in a day, and I said, ah, up days are the best days. And the very next day, I lost that plus a significant amount more. And those are very depressing days. Doesn't do a whole lot for our dopamine when we're watching our money disappear when we could have just kept it and not watched it disappear at all. But right now, everything is on sale. As everything continues to drop, everything keeps going further and further on sale. Now is the time to buy. As Warren Buffett said, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Right now, everybody's fearful. They're running for the exits. So everything is on sale. And right now is the time to get some diamond hands. Get in there, buy and hold. Please do not sell continue to buy, reduce that dollar cost average. And I promise you when we see the other end of this, not sure how long that's gonna be, but at some point we're gonna start to see stuff skyrocket off. And when it does, you're gonna understand how this process works and it's gonna change your brain chemistry for getting yourself into the future. Becoming wealthy and financially independent, which is the ultimate goal. So I wanna answer a question from one of our most Loyal watchers. So Sarah Shanahan asked about single stocks. And when I responded to the single stock saying, I don't think it's a very good idea. I've accidentally made money on single stocks before, but it's not because I actually knew what I was doing. It's because I just sort of had a feeling, put a small portion of my overall portfolio in there and ended up coming away with a good amount of profit. And I accidentally left at the best time. So I was buying some real estate and I thought, I should probably sell these shares and use that cash on the real estate. I sold the shares and almost immediately following that, the company took a dive. So it was really random luck on my part that that was successful. If you have the wealth and you're looking at a very small portion of your portfolio and you like a company and you think that company has a bright future, maybe toss some money in there, see what happens. But if you're looking at your overall portfolio, I would recommend staying away from single stocks. And here's why. Single stocks require you to understand and know about the business that you're putting your money into. You have to understand the value of that company as the total amount of shares for a company represents the value of that, the estimated value of that company by the investors. So for example, if you look at the total cap for a particular company, 
like we'll take Alphabet Inc. That's Google, for example. The total cap for that company is $1.38 trillion. That means that if they were to turn around and sell Google today, or Alphabet, the parent company of Google, sell today, they would expect to make $1.38 trillion. Now, unless you can sit down and figure out whether or not that, that that's what Google is actually worth, and then discover Google is actually worth more, so then put your money into it because the value is considered low. Unless you know how to calculate that, I would stay away from single stocks. Warren Buffett himself works tirelessly to figure that out. And you could just invest your money into places or to other people that already know the answers to these questions and that look at that information. The best place to do it is index funds. Index funds are already diversified throughout the market in a variety of different ways. And a variety of different index funds are diversified in a variety of different manners. So you could have index funds for the international markets, index funds representing the S&P 500, index funds for energy and discretionary spending, whatever it is that you feel like you want to put your money into, get yourself a couple of index funds that you think are interesting and let those people spread the money out amongst a number of companies and let them do the work to evaluate what that company is actually worth. I don't know of how to evaluate a company. I think there's a lot of stuff that would go into it. And because of that, it's it, it becomes real gambly to put your money into a into a uh, company like that. So I, I've, I've said a few times on Twitter, and I think this is a good rule. If you can't estimate an ROI on your investment, then you're gambling. And what I mean by that is if you have a financial plan and you think, oh, like, the average return for a particular thing is X amount of dollars. And we can consistently determine that the S&P 500 is going to return 10% per year on average. And we know that because the S&P has been around for a long time and we can see how it reacts even in bear markets and et cetera. We know that we can invest our money there and expect like some sort of 10% return and get an estimated ROI. When it comes to Google, you can look at the map, but it doesn't really give you an indication of a pattern. Some years are great, some years are not so great, and it's hard to know why those things are the case. And because of that, it's hard to estimate an ROI. I would probably steer clear of it. So what is the right thing to do right now? What should you be doing? So I'm doing two things. So I'm not gonna recommend exactly what it is that I'm putting stuff into because that gets into the kind of financial legality realm that's a little iffy, but I'm gonna tell you I do two things. First is I put money into index funds consistently. I have a spread of index funds that I like, international, S&P 500, NASDAQ, got some energy ones. I really like the energy ones. I spread my money out amongst those and I'm seeing losses pretty consistently as a result of putting money into those. I expect to see losses because right now the market is not great and it continues to drop, but that's okay because when we come back out on the other side, these index funds are going to shoot off at a high, high rate and we're going to see some great gains as a result. Index funds are also a great way not to lose too much money because it's a managed fund, meaning that the people managing the funds can move money around based off of what they think is going to do better during specific times. So even though you're seeing some losses, you're going to see less losses than if you were to invest yourself into these exact same companies. And then as a result, on the flip side, you're going to see higher gains than if you were to invest in yourself into these companies. The next thing that I'm doing is I'm buying real estate. So right now the interest rates are high and the interest rates are only going to go higher, which means real estate is going to continue to go down in price. We talked about the 1% rule. When interest rates go up 1%, the values of homes go down 10%. We found the equilibrium because we're seeing the prices of houses decrease slowly 
but they are decreasing. And I think they're going to hit the point that I predicted, which is an average across the country of about 15 to 20% drop. Might even drop more than that if the Fed has to get more aggressive. So we're going to take advantage of the fact that housing values are dropping. We're going to swoop up some housing, some uh, houses. We might put them on Airbnb. We might look into some long-term rentals. I think that would be good to diversify a little bit in the real estate realm. And then when the market kind of flips and those interest rates start to drop and the appreciation will start to go up as a result of that, and we'll be sitting super pretty with all of our real estate investing. So those are the two things that I'm doing. Right now, I expect there to continue to be losses. I expect my real estate to continue to go down in value. I have lost tons of value, no money because I haven't sold, but I've lost tons of value over the course of this bear market. And I continue, and I believe that we're going to continue to see that for a little while longer, probably mid 2024. I know that's not fun, but stick around and I'll keep trying to help everyone through what this looks like. Keep encouraging you to invest. Hopefully you get some good information about staying in the market. And then on the other side, we're all going to be super wealthy, feeling pretty good, and hopefully we can get our friends involved before they lose out on this opportunity to get in the market when everything is on sale. So thanks so much for watching. I'm sorry I was a little all over the place, but I hope that helps you understand what's going on and what you need to do to make sure that you're wealthy on the other side of this. I'll see you guys next time.